0: hello and welcome to episode 181 of the live to walk again podcast my name is jeremy dixon your host as always here with me today the one and only ricardo benavides ricardo what's going on man we, we, we lost brandon along the holidays i guess i don't know he wasn't able to make it today
1: oh that's too bad well it's good to be here jeremy happy new year everybody
0: happy new year hope everybody had a happy holiday we uh yeah, we got together all all you know, you and you and Aunt Gina came over and all the aunties were here. It was it was a really fun time. My mom was in town for a few days, which is kind of un- uncommon cuz in winter time it's hard for her to there's like a mountain pass between us. So, uh, it's kind of a couple of, yeah, a couple of them. Yeah, a couple of them. It's true. Yeah. Um so yeah, it was good, man. I had a had a great great time. Um yeah it was uh it was kind of a whirlwind i'm like so off on days i called you this morning i'm like we got to record a podcast man what are we we doing here it's already wednesday
1: yeah i know i know yeah it's it's the year's starting to fly by pretty quick already
0: yeah it is it is so yeah i got um and i'm not sure if this is like something big or not something big but um i know that uh friend of the podcast and former uh former guest on the on the show drew uh had messaged me through instagram and was like hey have you heard about what's going on with Neuralink?" As uh, was a few probably a month ago now three three weeks ago maybe um, a month ago some somewhere in there and uh he i was like no i hadn't and so he just sent me a link to their like patient registry or whatever so you can sign up for it so i signed up just put in all my information um when you have to like send your send your all of your medical records to them as well and got an email back probably two weeks later and they wanted to set up a video call um, with me for this friday so talk a little bit more about that next next episode but yeah i'm not sure if that's just like something they do for everybody that signs up on the patient registry or um, you know because you have to put in all all like kind of the I guess, like what issues you have, um, like what level your injury is, everything like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's just like a common response. Everybody gets a video interview or if I'm special, Ricardo. Let's open. I'm special. You are
1: special, Jeremy. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it's exciting. You know, I, I think that probably from your case, they probably want to interview you, see what you're like. Uh, I think a lot of it's going to be emotional um, IQ, right? Mm-hmm you know to see if you're uh you know somebody that could because this this is going to be an emotional strain if you get selected you know yeah. and that's one of the factors they have to put into this right so yeah. and i think uh, you're a good candidate you've been living with this for you know 20 plus years now and, and um I, I think that's ai am i i'm i'm excited for you i'm hoping that uh, you get selected
0: so, yeah, I'm I'm anxious to to see what how that all goes. So okay, I've got a couple days to wait, but I'm um, I'm uh yeah, I'm really anxious. Uh yeah, so you know, this this week's uh switching gears here, this week's guest, Ricardo, uh has a, just a crazy story, man. Um he's a gentleman named Brad Coleman from uh, down in southern Utah. I think he said Saint George, Utah, and just out kind of in the middle of nowhere near the he said I think near the Arizona and uh Nevada border there and had a just a crazy motorcycle accident. He was out dirt, riding his dirt bike on his day off, which he was sound sounds like was a pretty common occurrence. Um he had left in the morning and didn't show back up and his wife uh was concerned and called called the uh the police department and got the, uh, I guess the search and rescue team out there looking for him and it's, you know, kind of a cold time of year that down there. Like, and it's out in the desert anyway. So the desert gets freezing cold in the middle of the night, regardless, I think of what time of year it is, but, um, yeah, they went out, searched for him until like three 30 in the morning. Couldn't find him, went back out the next day. And luckily, uh had some great luck with uh i guess his brother's good friend um they were both out there helping to search and, and his brother's friend said hey i'm gonna bring my drone out tomorrow morning and i he's like i have a feeling i know the general vicinity of where he's at and he had slid down into the uh i can't remember what they called it now like a a slot
1: slot canyon. Slot, slot canyon slot canyon
0: so it, yeah, yeah slid yeah. down into yeah. this um and he doesn't really remember he said so he doesn't remember much um from basically the morning when he left until when he got back or when you know he woke up in the hospital uh days later so yeah i mean he uh, they think he might have slipped backwards into this little slot canyon and the bike was on top of him the motorcycle was so he they couldn't even they weren't even sure if he was down there when they first um saw it on the drone they just were like hey that's his dirt bike so Let's get the, get the helicopter out here. And it's just a crazy, crazy story, man.
1: Yeah. So, um, there's a couple things here when I was thinking about this, you know, um, when you go out there and you are like an adventure sports person, you know, whether it's biking, hiking, you know, people around here hike this Pacific coast trail a lot and you're out for days and days and days. There's always, um, and you know, you you always say like when you go by yourself or plans change which happened to him his plans changed somebody bailed on him uh, a buddy of his and so he went alone you really need to revise your plans and leave a note of where you're going with people send out a text you know whatever but you know he's done this a thousand times right you know everybody thinks a thousand times nothing's going to happen to you but one of the big things he did
0: make he did make a point though that he like rarely rarely went by himself usually he was always right
1: exactly yeah 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 exactly and and he's very capable right um and so but one of the things is that i thought about was um you know when you talk about the helicopters there were two helicopters involved in his rescue and the cost of that is not covered by insurance right so i mean You know, there's a lot of stuff when, you know, adventure people go out that they really should have with them is maybe a satellite beacon or some kind of, you know, whether you're skiing and it's an avalanche beacon or whatever. But the big thing, if something does happen, is to have that insurance for that helicopter, man, because the state of our (laughs) medical and insurance business is not going to they're not going to write it off, you know. So they they come after your heirs for that money. So, yeah,
0: Yeah, uh, I remember just getting like crazy medical bills because they had to airlift me from down here in Olympia to Seattle. And um, that's not a very short distance um, I'm imagining on a helicopter. So, uh, you know, it probably was like an hour hour flight, maybe a little less, but. Uh, yeah that was like in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and that yeah exactly yeah yeah. i'm sure it's even significantly more now uh but yeah well let's get to the interview before we give away too much more and uh, we will uh, talk to you guys on the other side enjoy this one please listen like rate review share the podcast we appreciate you all listening and we will talk to you on the other side This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are excited to visit with Brad Coleman. He's a husband, father, a police officer, and a spinal cord injury survivor. Brad, welcome to the show.
2: Good to be here. It's an honor. I've uh, heard uh, your podcast for a few months now, and it's, uh, it's awesome to be on it.
0: Yeah, no, thank you for, uh, yeah, I'm glad we were able to make this work. So, um, you know, when we first started kind of communicating, uh, through social media, I didn't realize you had just been injured kind of eight months ago, um, which is, which is pretty new. We, we've had a few people on that were, were quite new injuries. Um, but yeah, you know, for anybody that doesn't know your story already, can you talk a little bit about how you were injured?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, March, uh, Twelfth of 23 so just at the beginning of the year i uh went out to go uh ride my dirt bike with uh, some friend you know a friend from out of town and i told my wife hey i'm gonna go riding i'll be back in a little bit and she's like okay you know nothing and nothing out of the ordinary I, I go riding all the time and i've been riding for years and i went to a place where i've been riding pretty much every time I go riding um but so I don't have any memory of it which is good I guess Uh, but uh apparently my friend I went to go meet up with from out of town he said that uh, you know things had been raining it'd been raining for that week and so you know the dirt's really muddy wet the sandstone which is a lot you know where I'm at and when it gets wet, it can be slick. So you're,
0: you're down in like Southern Utah, right?
2: Yep. Yep. St. George, Utah, just right on the border of Nevada and Arizona. Oh, wow. And so he told me that, you know, they, they had a wedding, I think to go to and stuff. And, um, maybe wrong, but I mean so much stuff, you know, when I was in the hospital, it's like, what's, what do I remember? What do I, what's real? What's not real? And so apparently I went out riding without him, you know, I went out by myself, which was, you know, I've always, I've never done that. You know, like I don't ride alone. That's just, it's an unwritten law. So I went out riding by myself and there's a trail that goes. So where it's at is I'll kind of explain it to you. So I was at the bottom of the sand. So there's like the sand dunes, which is up top. And then there's a pretty good cliff to go to the bottom. And it's, that's called Warner Valley. We call it. And there's a trail that takes off. It's called the goat trail from the dinosaur tracks. Cause there's some pet, you know, some dinosaur tracks, uh, in this area. And there's a trail that goes up to the dune, you know, sand dunes from the bottom. And I had been on it you know, years ago, like maybe 15 years, not recently. And apparently I decided that I was going to go right up that trail, which it's usually a downhill and where I got to go, you know, the last descent goes around a slot Canyon and it's about a 25, 30 foot drop. And you go around the nose of the Canyon And then you do a steep climb. It's only about five feet, but it's pretty steep. And with the rain and the, I lost traction, I think. And I fell backwards into the slot Canyon and it's only about maybe 10 feet wide, if that, and, you know, 30 feet down. And, and the only reason why I know is because I had some friends go up there and kind of give me their, you know, scenarios. It could have been this or that, but judging by the damage of my bike, I went backwards into the Canyon and I lay, you know, I went down, um, landed on my back. I broke my back. I broke my femur. I broke three ribs. I broke my scapula and I had a brain bleed and the worst thing was, well, I guess the, the best thing was I survived, but the worst thing was is I laid there for about twenty-two hours, they estimated, before search and rescue found me.
0: And you don't like I mean, so I've I watched some of the like I, I read like the articles and the um some of like the news coverage from, from your accident that you have linked on your, your uh um Instagram page but so you then they said that you were kind of like you were communicating with the, the the rescuers when they first got there but do you remember any i mean what what's your first memory after going leaving to go go ride your dirt bike
2: what's what's crazy is i remember the day before when i was putting on a new chain and sprocket i'll have to tell you about that later um and new pipe with my little boy. I was teaching him how to, you know, put on some stuff. And, and the next thing I remember, uh, is waking up in the hospital. And I, so I don't re- remember anything. So,
0: so when you wake up in the hospital, so they airlift you out of this, this Canyon slot Canyon. Uh, and there's like some crazy footage of it. We'll get to that in a little bit, but, um, so you wake up in the hospital can't move your legs like what what's going through your head you know where yeah where are you kind of mentally at that point
2: so i was you know they had me pretty sedated you know they had me on you know pain pills and stuff like that when you first get there and and i remember the doctor was telling me you know he's like well you know you were in a motorcycle accident and i was like okay you know, and this isn't my first time being in the hospital from a motorcycle accident. It's like my, probably my fifth or sixth time, but I've never been, you know, like unconscious when I get there. And so the doctor says, oh, you know, this is what happened. You know, I broke your leg and all that stuff. And I said, okay. I said, so, you know, so how long am I going to be here? You know, cause I'm like, you know, it's not my first time. How, what, how long do you think I'll be here this time? And he says, well, you're in the, uh, Neuro rehab unit, and I said, "Well, what's going on with that?" And he says, "Well, you broke your, you know, your spine. You know, you broke your T uh, twelve was had a burst fracture, and you laid on your spinal cord all night, and so you're paralyzed." And I was like, "And I didn't. It didn't really click." that I couldn't move my legs I just knew that I had a broken femur and so I kind of started you know move my legs I'm like oh I can't move my legs and then I you know but I felt the nerve pain so I wasn't really sure what's going on and so that's when it kind of you know it hit home that you know like holy cow like this isn't my typical Saturday Sunday afternoon motorcycle crash
0: yeah, no kidding man Um, so they, do they go in and and do a fusion then on your spinal cord? Like what, and like the brain bleed, like how do they kind of, uh, get you stabilized with that as well? And, um, I mean, how, yeah. And how much do you really remember from those early days? I mean, that must've been pretty, uh, traumatic overall, just from all the different, uh, injuries you were dealing with.
2: Yeah. So from what my, uh, my family told me is that the, they said I was too unstable. You know, Like you know, the, it was pretty cold that night. So they said my, uh, temperature or, uh, my, you know, I don't know what they call it. your stats, I guess, kept dropping when I was in the helicopter. And when I made it into the ER, they thought he's got a 50 50 shot of surviving because he keeps tanking. And, you know, and so the, the back surgeon was wanting to do surgery and I think it was, I don't know. This is just stuff that my family told me that, that they didn't want to do surgery because they said he's, you know, I was too unstable. And the surgeon was saying, we got to stabilize his, you know, his back. We've got to get, you know, we've got to do this now. If he's got a 50, 50 shot, why don't we try You know, let's, let's do this. So they ultimately went in. And fused from my L2 to my T9 vertebrae. So I got, you know, because the I think the burst fracture was at the 12 or 11. And when they did the surgery, I guess when they opened up my back and my spinal canal and everything, all the pressure that was building up in my head came out through my spine area. And my you know everything started it was going in reverse so it was actually you know getting better and they said you know because of all that pressure release my brain was starting to work again and i started recovering a lot you know quicker than they had initially thought
0: wow that it's crazy how kind of interconnected our body is from one you know, one portion of the other. Um that yeah, that that's insane, Brad. That thank God uh yeah, thank god that that had such a positive effect on the, the brain swelling there. Yeah. Um so how like I guess how long after they, they do the the spinal fusion and all that are you able to get into a rehab facility to start kind of like learning how to deal with with a spinal cord injury and how long did you get to go through rehab for
2: so the they had uh so our our hospital down here is the nerve they have a neurological unit inside the hospital so it's once you go through icu they put you on the main floor and then you know with if whatever you, ha- you know whatever you know if you have a tbi stroke spinal cord injury they send you up to the rehab unit, which is on the, you know, which is in the hospital, which they just, it's fairly new. And uh, I was only, gosh, I probably was in the hospital for maybe a week. And I think I only did four weeks in the rehab unit. And I want to say it was, it was fairly quick that they were, you know, putting me through some rehab stuff. I, and that's kind of one thing I, You know, I was laying in my hospital bed and I didn't really know what was going on. And, you know, some people came in to talk to me and one of them was uh, injured in an accident. He was paralyzed. And he kind of gave me a pep talk and said, you know, look, you can be down and you can be a victim. and you can worry about this and not focus on forward or you can focus on forward, learn how to do this and adapt and live your life, you know? And so that's kind of what hit home. And so I just started learning how to do everything from just transferring to the wheelchair to getting on the ground. You know, it's just, it was, it was a whole new learning, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's an important message to hear early on after this injury, you know, like that, that life's not over and, and you can still make, you know, a hell of a life out of, uh, of living with a spinal cord injury. But, um, so my, my question, like with a broken femur, how, I mean, that's gotta throw a wrench in like learning some of these things that you're talking about, like, uh, you know, how to, uh, transfer in and out of your chair and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, probably can't get you up at a standing table or anything like that because of, because of the femur, like what, um, how long did it take I guess once the femur healed to to be able to, to kind of do something and how how hard was it to learn how to do the transfers and whatnot with with a broken leg yes
2: yeah, so they like there was a rod in there so I guess it was they said you know it was pretty strong and but it was hard because I couldn't use my left leg as the one that was broken so I couldn't use it as much so I had to pretty much do everything with my you know everything. You know, like my right leg could move better than my other one, you know, to get it to go across. And we used transfer boards at first, which was, I mean, that was a struggle. And they had me in a, uh, they had me in a power chair for the first bit. And then I started being able to, you know, my transfer started getting better, you know, learning how to do stuff was, you know, I just started you know, my cognitive came back, you know, I started thinking more clearly and I just started just, I've always had the mentality of I'm going to learn something and I'm going to do it and I'm going to be the best I can at it. And that's kind of the attitude that I took on. And so I was, you know, I had the, these awesome therapists that were, teaching me how to transfer to like higher places, lower places. And then we got rid of the transfer board. And then once my legs started to do better, I got the uh, use of my quads and hip flexors back. And I don't, I don't know when it came or I don't I don't remember when they came back, but all of a sudden my therapist is like, Oh, you got quads and hip flexors now. Let's, changed the dynamics of our therapy and so so then they put me in a harness and i was doing uh, some walking on this treadmill doing a lot more standing when the doctor you know when the surgeon said yeah we can do some we can release the leg restriction you know the weight restriction and i was able to do some standing you know up against a big they had this huge bolster they call it bolsting bag huge and so I, if i leaned up against that with my quads i could stand you know but it wasn't you know i kept falling you know it was in between parallel bars so i'd have to hold on to that but right no
0: that that's great that that's that that stuff started coming back for you so quick and that's just a few weeks after the you said what four weeks that you were after you uh got stabilized and everything that they threw you in rehab for yeah. Wow. that That's impressive, man. That's great that uh, that, that stuff started coming back so quick. Um, you know, I guess transitioning out of the hospital and back home, are you, did do you guys have to make renovations to the house? Um, I, I guess with, with, with so much coming back while you were in rehab, you probably didn't have to do anything too drastic, but um, do you guys have to like put ramps in and stuff like that? Or, or were you able to get around pretty well the point that uh, you didn't need a whole lot.
2: Well, so our house was pretty flat, which we bought it a couple of years ago. Before this house, we had a two-story, and we bought just a single-level rambler. And I, we didn't have to do any modifications to get in the house. Um, the only thing we had to do is our bathroom was not accessible at all. We had to there was a you know the room or the Toilet was Uh, my, it was awesome. My uh, wife's boss's husband and a guy that she works with, they took it upon themselves and they said, let's do it. They both had background in framing and construction and they demolished that wall and redid it so I could uh, access it. And then they did the same thing for the bathroom in the hallway, you know? So that was the only major thing that we had to do.
0: That's great. Um, Yeah. Talk about you, you mentioned your, I guess your wife's uh, boss and some other people helping to to get that done. What was the, um, you know, like from seeing like the hearts of heroes thing and, and uh, some of the, the footage from your, your accident and and the the aftermath of that It seems like the, now your family and, and the community support was really there for you big time. Like talk about what that meant to you and and you know you and your wife um in that you know such a troubling time after an injury like this.
2: Yeah, it was uh you know it was it was a lot, and I you know just to see that the my friends people I don't even know came together and it was it meant a lot to our family that you know people people care you know and in and, and in law enforcement you know we yes we see some bad stuff we do see some good stuff and through this it, you know people it's people don't even care who you are or what you do people are just coming together to help me out and even with my the outside of our house was gravel and so the community came together and with the organization with one of my other friends and they, you know, people donated concrete and they were able to put concrete all the way around our house, like walkways. So that way I can get around.
0: That's, that's incredible. That's really great.
2: And I know you have
0: a GoFundMe set up. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll uh, link that in the show notes as well so that people can go and hopefully donate and help you guys out a little more. Um, but yeah, Brad, what, um, when did some, when did they approach you? Uh, you know, I, I, the hearts of heroes show, I, 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 hadn't even heard of it, but it was a lot like, a, um, it seemed to me like a, like a old school, like rescue 911 type show or something like right. that. Um, <laughs> from from back in the day not to date. I know we're both in our forties, so it's not to date each other too much. But uh, yeah it's uh yeah um uh, you know how did that come come across your radar and and when did they approach you about doing something like that?
2: So the the show for Hearts of hero you know it's it's all it's about rescues and stuff. So there was um uh a rescue not too far from here where some hikers got stuck in this flash flood and two of them ended up passing away and they were reaching out to, I think it was, you know, the highway patrol here has the helicopters that facilitate the search and rescues and, you know, and the sheriff's office, you know, local sheriff's office, you know, they're the search and rescues, but the highway patrol, they have the helicopters that can do the aerial support and do the, you know, hoisting and stuff. So, this Hearts of Heroes show reached out to them, and they actually told them about my rescue, and another guy's rescue that happened right before me, where a guy fell off about a hundred foot, fifty foot cliff, and he broke a bunch of bones, but no uh, spinal cord injury with him. But so that's how it came to be, and that's when uh, someone got a hold of my, or someone got a hold of the sheriff's office here they told them my story of being stuck out there for, you know, in a slot Canyon for 20 plus hours and my rescue. And so that's when, uh, hearts of heroes reached out to me and said, Hey, we heard about your story through them. And then we learned about you or an officer yourself. So it's like officers saving another officer, you know? So they kind of took that story and they came all the way out here from, back east to do it
0: wow wow i I can't believe you guys had three three uh crazy rescues like that right in your your area and thank god you know that you were that you were one of them and that you you survived and everything um you know going back and watching the show once it was produced because i mean this is all it's crazy that that all happened you know you were only injured eight months ago and and they were able to get that produced and already put out but um you know what was it like seeing some of that footage um, from the from the show itself, and you know seeing your your friends and your wife and and everybody being interviewed and and kind of hearing back again the, these stories that you don't really remember because you you know kind of blacked out from uh, you know I think our brains kind of protect us from that too when you have a something traumatic like that happen, but. Yeah. Talk, talk about what it was like going back and like actually watching the show after it had been produced and everything.
2: Yeah. uh, So it was, it kind of hit home when I saw the search and rescue guys out there and, you know, they just hearing their stories and their impressions when they first saw me, you know, there was a couple of guys from search and rescue and then my little brother, my little brother kind of went on his own to, get down in that canyon because you know they have been looking for me all night and uh he took some videos and pictures of me and then talking with the pilots and the search and rescue guys and they they didn't think uh I was gonna make it they thought it was a body recovery at this point uh but apparently you know and and uh I guess I stuck my thumb up like a thumbs up I guess when they flew over me and they're like okay we <laughs> we got movement but yeah, just hearing could, their story
0: you could kind of hear it in their in their voices from watching the actual just the helicopter footage um that they that's linked in your uh, instagram profile for the uh the actual rescue um you you hear them when they they're like oh he's moving he's moving like oh yeah they're very excited so uh yeah that, that must have been crazy
2: yeah and just and hearing the just listening to them talk to me, it was a, you know, a, a reunion and it brought up a lot of emotion because, you know, me seeing these guys that worked tirelessly throughout the night and then, you know, and, but they didn't realize the spinal cord aspect of it. They just didn't really know that. So when they saw me in a wheelchair still, they thought what's going on. And then we, you know, I kind of had a dumb spinal cord injury and you just don't think about that, but and watching my, you know, my wife do the interview, I mean, it brought back emotion because she, you know, what was going through her head, you know, she talked about, and I couldn't even imagine what she was going through, and and then when I had the chance to watch it, man, I was, it was it was hard, it was hard for me to watch it,
0: because. Yeah, I mean, and even, like, you talked about some of the, that must be, um, I did see some of the pictures where, you know, somebody's right down there with you, kind of, like, rubbing the side of your head, like, telling you it's going to be okay, and I think that might have been your brother that had gone down in there with you, Um, and it's just, like, it's crazy, man, just how how precious life is, and how, I mean, just the fact that they found you in this little uh, canyon, you know, after you had gone, after you had fallen in there and you know talk about your friend i guess that that took his drone out and started th- so and i don't know if we talked about this already but they they had searched for you for until like 3 30 in the morning and then had to call it off just because they couldn't it was the middle of the night and they couldn't see anything so i mean that that alone is scary like once they call a search off until the next day it's you know and you you mentioned how cold it was out there but um You know, talk about your friend who, I guess, went and got, brought his drone out. And and is he the one that actually, he's the one that actually found or saw the bike, right? And didn't realize it. Yeah.
2: So the search and rescue started, my wife called uh, the the sheriff probably around eight or nine o'clock at night when it was dark and I wasn't home. And then she called some other friends and was like, am I overreacting? And they're like, no, you need to call search and rescue. This is not like him. So um gosh, I kind of went off on my thought there. But so they had been searching for me. And about three o'clock is when the the sergeant over the search and rescue said, Hey, we gotta we gotta stop searching. We need to get some rest. We need to preserve our resources so we can get going when daylight. Cause it's at night, it's cold, you know, using, you know, there's technology of, you know, FLIR which will show heat signatures. But at this point, you know, I'm probably not uh, giving off any heat signatures. My bike's definitely cold. So they're not going to, you know, find me at this point, you know, with in the night, unless they know where I'm at. And so, my little brother was actually the one that down in the hole with me and uh him and his friend were out there searching all night with me or not with me for me. And so my little brother's friend, who's been a family friend of ours, he said he had a hunch that I was in a certain area and he said, when it's daylight, I'm going to come back here with my drone and we're going to, and I'm going to, fly it right where i have this hunch where he's at so he shows and my little brother was like you know okay you know let's try that you know like anything at this point is worth you know exploring so they take he comes back launches his drone and i think it was i think he said it was about 20 minutes and he's flying over the area where he saw it was and he got lower and he saw the orange from my dirt bike you know is i had orange plastics on it and that's when uh he zoomed closer and he's like holy cow that's him this has got to be him you know so he took a screenshot of the coordinates and they drove down you know they drove down to the incident command and he just showed him and was like so excited that said hey this i this is him this has got to be him and then the helicopter flew right to me and dropped a couple of guys down.
0: Wow, Wait, What? I mean, there's just so many things that could have gone differently that that would have resulted in in a very wor- you know much worse outcome. But uh, thank God they were able to. Yeah, thank God your your brother's friend was able to kind of find you with the with the drone and all that. That's just crazy, man. Life is a crazy thing, Brad. That's- <laughs>
2: It is. And a couple of things going for me that night was the cold weather because I was bleeding out in my brain and the cold weather definitely had a good play But I mean, I've been on some search and rescues in my day. You know, I'm got about, you know, 17 years in this profession. And usually when you get out looking for someone and they were last seen at a certain time, And it's about three or four in the morning and you got to call off the surge till daylight. It's usually, it's, it's not a good thing. And so I can't imagine what was going through their heads, knowing that I've worked with everybody that is there, you know, all the officers, all my friends, when they had to pull it apart, you know, pull it off, you know, they, it's turns into a body recovery at that point is kind of what happens you know 99% of the time so when they found that I was moving that was they all thought where are you going to go recover Brad's body is pretty much what I'm sure everyone thought but yeah. i definitely proved them wrong wow
0: that that's uh that's crazy brad uh, yeah i can't even imagine what they must have been thinking And talk about, I know at the end of the Hearts of Heroes, you know, you, you, you had mentioned earlier, you kind of see them and you're still in the wheelchair. You see all the, the guys that were out there and they all kind of come around and give you a hug. And, um, you know, what, that must've just been incredible, like for both ways. I mean, those guys getting to see you like alive and well after, you know, thinking they're going out there for a body recovery, like you said, and then, you know, you're, you're, ability to see these guys now after they've rescued you. Like, I mean, that must've just been, and your wife and and kids are with you as well. So, I mean, that must've just been a a pretty magical moment for everybody involved.
2: Yeah, it was uh, definitely probably one of like the most emotional times in my life, you know, besides getting married and having my kids, but uh, you know, and, and one of the officers that came up to talk to me, um and gave me the hug at first the older gentleman he was actually the first person to train me when I became a cop and so for him to be to be there and be over this orchestrate this whole search and rescue and then it, you know it kind of meant a lot to me and him that you know he and I were able to reunite after that whole thing but it was just such a such a cool experience to meet the people that put everything on the sidelines to come look for me.
0: Right. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, you know, right. It, it kind of in conclusion here, Brad, um, you know, what, I know at the end of the, the hearts of heroes, uh, segment you, uh, or show you, you had mentioned that you, your goal is to get back to being an active duty police officer. And I know, I guess, uh, before we started recording you said you are, are still employed by um as a police officer right now but um just not able to be out in the field or whatnot so what i mean what basically is you know is that still your goal and like what's your prognosis and i mean is that something that you're going to be able to to get back to do you think do the doctors think um are because it seems like you're continuing to progress and i know you know usually we couple years at least after before they say you're kind of plateaued. But uh yeah, what what's the what's the goal? What's the you know, what are they saying that they think you're gonna be able to get back to doing uh regular police duty?
2: You know, it's uh you know with these spinal cord injuries, like, you know, I mean, it's unknown, but uh I I'm hopeful and I continue to progress and get stronger and stuff and that's that is you know that would be awesome you know but and that's kind of you know what I you know I love helping people I love being able to put on that uniform is one of my things you know and I've loved it and so you know that's my goal I'm very hopeful um, but the doctors you know they can't they can't tell me you know yay or nay you know but they said uh My spinal cord was just, you know, I laid on it for quite a while. So they said that it was inflamed and they said it could, you know, because, you know, lose its inflammation and start firing again. And they said, you know, like the doctor said, you could get a hundred percent back. You could get 80, 70, you know, we just, we just don't know. So it's, So it's like, there, there is the reality of, you know, it may not happen and that's what I've got to plan for. And, but there's the possibility it could. So I got to do everything I can in this window of, you know, where they say, you know, the two years is where you're kind of what, see what you get back. And so I'm trying my, you know, best to, you know, continue a therapy. I got some home stuff I do and, you know, I got to, so, you know in my mind you know like that's my goal and you know if i get there i do it if i don't then i've also made that preparation in my mind that it this you know might be it and i need you know and i'm okay with that because i'm not i don't you know at first i you know was focused on walking now i'm gonna walk you know but then after a few months like okay, i gotta focus on now i gotta focus on my family and keep going that route you know because i'm alive so that's just what matters and in the end at the end of the day it's whatever happens happens
0: Uh, yeah it's kind of just got to roll with the punches um you know so with the hip flexors uh kind of kicking back in and stuff like that are you so are you doing like walking on the parallel bars and with the parallel bars and stuff
2: no so i got uh, some afo braces that i put on and i can walk with uh forearm crutches and a walker and uh and then if i put on just afos then i can walk in parallel bars but yeah i just don't i have some activation in my hamstrings i can do some hamstring curls um Uh, my glutes there's a little bit there but not much so I can't stand you know on my own even with the braces on I can kind of stand on my own but if I even lean forward it's you know because I have nothing no muscle back there to hold me straight up so
0: right Right. well Brad Coleman we're we're rooting for you man we hope uh we definitely hope you get back as much as possible and eventually you're able to get back uh, to to being an active duty police officer and all that, Um, you know, give, give everybody your kind of social media links um, and where they can find you. And and like I said, we'll uh, we'll attach the GoFundMe and everything as well to the, to the show notes. So people can, can check you out.
2: Yeah. So my uh, Facebook names, just, you know, my name, Brad Coleman, C O L E M A N. My Instagram is bwayne20. That was my uh, name when I raced. It was on my number plates when I used to race motorcycles, and uh, I have uh, some links attached to that as well. Like I did some how-to videos on my YouTube, but you know, it's, I'm not big in the social media world. You know, with posting videos and stuff like that but I'm grateful for those that do because it's taught me a lot of tricks and hacks, you know, in my everyday life. So, right. I know, but yeah, the, but then, yeah, there's the links of the hearts of heroes and everything's linked into my Instagram. couple interviews I did with some local uh, news uh, stations around here. That's yeah, that's great. And
0: we'll, and we'll definitely link all that stuff as well um yeah so brad thank you so much man i appreciate you coming on and telling your story and and uh yeah i definitely will be uh following along on your journey man
2: okay it's good to be here it's an honor
0: yeah no thank you brad appreciate you and we will uh we'll talk soon
2: okay stay connected
0: all right for sure take care man
2: all right you too man
0: All right, that was Brad Coleman. I appreciate him uh, being willing to come on and and share his story with us. Yeah, I mean, him being so newly injured too is crazy because yeah,
1: so so fresh, so fresh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: I yeah. uh, and, and like I said, I watched that. Um, I think it was called Heroes of Hope or Hope. Yeah, I think it's Heroes of Hope. I, I'll uh, link it on the 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 uh, page for the podcast page so everybody can check it out. Um, but they have. Yeah, they had already done I mean I imagine there's some like production and post production stuff that has to be done with that. So they must have uh, been interviewing them pretty quick after after his accident. But yeah, I mean what a hell of a recovery, you know? Like from Oh yeah. Being so so newly injured. I mean, you know, God willing he's able to uh to walk again completely. I know he still, you know, struggles to get around a bit, but um yeah, I mean it, like he's got got the hip flexors and all that stuff which is just huge you
1: know yeah exactly yeah you you know you just don't think of those things every day you know until you miss them so yeah exactly exactly so um, yeah yeah very very uh you know a bunch of things lined up and luckily he didn't die of hypothermia or um, dehydration down there he was like on the verge you know so
0: Right, he had been down there. I think he said for uh, it was well over twenty-four hours, and maybe, yeah, maybe you know, close to thirty. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I just and just having them find you out in the middle of the desert is crazy. Um, yeah, you know,
1: and thinking about that, you know, maybe some of those beacons and things wouldn't work while you're in a slot canyon. You know, maybe right. you couldn't get a signal. Get so right yeah, I, forget,
0: I think he said it was like fifteen or twenty feet deep, maybe
1: yeah yeah but
0: the the bill the video footage they have video footage of them actually airlifting him out it's crazy so yeah i mean and
1: the other th- the other thing is is you know especially up here in washington you know everybody wears you know drab colors you know when you're out um what was it it was like a orange or something that caught the drone the guy's eye on the drone on right dirt. like it a, was on his dirt um, bike yeah 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 on his, yeah.
0: Bike, on his dirt bike were caught caught the attention which is cool. So man. Yeah. What a lucky, lucky to be alive, man. For I mean, I got anytime you suffer a spinal cord injury, I think you're pretty lucky if you survive it. But um that's definitely definitely uh you yeah, know, he could have could have been tragic for sure. Like he he is a lucky man.
1: Yeah, and the coordination between the sheriff's office and the rescue teams and the uh, you know, the two helicopters, I mean, crazy you know, to get them all there. So,
0: yeah. It like, yeah. It's great that they were able to, and yeah. Like we, you know, I, I talked to them a little bit about like, whenever you hear that they called off a search for the night, you're just like, Oh, that doesn't sound good. You know, like they, yeah. must, and, and he said, you know, they probably were, were on a recovery mission more than a, um, you know, trying to
1: rescue. Uh, yeah. Rescue him, so. Yeah. You know, for the folks that do take the time to watch the video, um, you know, everybody has family members that when something like this happens is worried and you can just see that pain and agony on his wife's face. that's the part that's really, yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that
0: was, that was was crazy, man. Yeah. I was like almost teared up a little bit myself watching it, just uh, seeing her reaction and kind of reliving, reliving all that. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, So I just want to caution people about that because, you know, sometimes, you know, you you might, you might trigger a few people, some PTSD and stuff like that, because I know that um, these are life-changing events for people. And I just wanted to mention that out there to, you know, make sure people, when they watch it, they're aware of what they're going to see. So it's not blood and guts, but it's emotions, right? It's the empathy for somebody else.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're gonna hopefully we have Brandon back next week. Um, I always like it when the three of us, and I think I I think I have our our technical issues figured out. With uh, hoping that we can get back in the studio next week, so um, hopefully we can do that and be face to face instead of uh, recording through Zoom, which is always great. But
1: yeah, I, I prefer the face to face and you know hanging out.
0: I think the audio is a little better off of zoom as well. So, but yeah, you know, I appreciate everybody listening and, and checking out the podcast. Um, you know, we're definitely striving to find another, you know, way to fix this, this injury, man. And I'm, I'm looking so forward to this, uh, this Neuralink interview on Friday, man. It's going to be cool. I might try to record it from my end too and see if I can, if they'll let me share it, that would be, that would be awesome. So
1: That'd be great. That'd be great, Jeremy. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody.
0: Yep. Thank you all for listening. We will uh, be back next week. And until then, have a great one.